Hello and welcome to the April Geek Embassy Hangout. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, and I'm here with Evan Graham and Isabella Oliveira. Oh, wait, I said that wrong. Oliveira. 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 <laughs> Are you related to Ollivander? It's a Harry Potter one. I can bring up the Harry Potter names, right? <laughs> In my mind, Fantastic Beast does not exist, but that's another, that's another thing. Oh. Completely. oh. That, we might have to have a little throwdown about that yeah, at some point. We're going to come back to that eventually. Yeah, that's not going away. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that about Cursed Child. Um, I, I have the book. I haven't read it yet, so I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah, but I haven't. I have heard that too. About Cursed Child. Yeah. yeah. I also haven't read it yet, though, so I'm talking yeah. about it. I, I wasn't, I read it, um, I guess I should actually introduce what we're talking about since we just kind of jumped into having a discussion here. Uh. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so today's topic for the Geek Hangout are Harry Potter houses. Uh, all three of us have taken three online quizzes to determine what our houses are. Um, and I, I thought we could also talk about sort of a self-assessment where you think you belong as opposed to maybe what the quizzes say and kind of compare the quizzes um, in structure and in uh, results. Because uh, I don't know about anybody else, but my results were not what I thought they were going to be. Well, all three of mine were different, so... <laughs> Two of mine were the same, and one... Well, the, the third one that we took... Um, is very elaborate. Like it gives a, a well, I guess two of them gave percentages, the BuzzFeed one, but the BuzzFeed all adds up to 100%. Yeah, and I like none of how that ended up. <laughs> no, yeah, the BuzzFeed one I had the most sort of uh, uh, bone, the most bone, the most, the most bones to pick. Wait, is that a thing? <laughs> pick the most bones. <laughs> to pick the most bones? Like, uh, what am I doing? <laughs> Hanging right. out in a graveyard, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I've had colds on and off since the end of February, so um, I think my brain's starting to be affected by the viruses. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's get... So we started talking about Cursed Child and um, Fantastic Beasts. We'll just talk about those really briefly. So I read Cursed Child last summer. Um, I... I didn't love it. I think part of what I was missing is that it's a screenplay, so it's or the it's a play, so it's missing the internal dialogue mm -hmm. that I yeah. loved Harry Potter for, um, and I didn't need and get the depth of the characters the way that I would have wanted. Um, and of course, a lot of people take issue with just the actions and what happened in the stories. So, yeah. So I haven't I haven't read it, but a lot of people I know online have been super critical about it, saying it's really out of character and just not great. <laughs> it felt partly to me like the spectacle of it being on stage took over mm -hmm. um, because of the time travel and the way that that is sort of communicated, at least in what you read when you're reading the play. Um, I feel like that 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 spectacle kind of became more of the focus than the characters or the story. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. 
I know, but I've, I know people who have seen it in England mm-hmm. and they really enjoyed it. So I think I don't, I just, I probably just doesn't translate well yeah. at all to a book. Yeah. Well, I think that like, just coming from the theater background that I have, like when it comes to scripts, they like it, it always helps to have a really solid script with a really solid characterization, but there's also so much that's the responsibility of the director and the actors play to life. So if you've got a good cast, even if the script itself is kind of mediocre, I could totally see them making it like Work. making up for all the problems that are in the script just by virtue of the way, like the, the whole theater process is so layered, like yeah. the author's intent and then the director's intent and the actor's intent. And it's all kind of, no one's universally responsible for the success or failure of a play. So. Right. And there's also the, the aspect of watching it live where you're in the moment with it, which I think has a lot of power that doesn't communicate on the page either. Especially when you're talking about characters that have been like absolutely beloved by people in their imagination. And then, you know, That's true. it doesn't have the same weight, I think, because it's a play. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I'd say it's out of character. It's just, it's definitely different. It's definitely different. And it kind of has to be because, I mean, you, you can only do so much on the stage. Like mm-hmm. you can do some amazing things on the stage, but like do a real quidditch match or something <laughs> right. of that scale like it's not gonna work you like if you had a show where that was like the whole thing like a stunt show like they have it like amusement parks and stuff like that you could probably pull something off but that would be like your whole thing you wouldn't be able to do anything else but that right yeah that's true that's true Anyway, so that's sort of the current Harry Potter stuff is uh, Fantastic Beasts and The Cursed Child, although Cursed Child, I guess, is, I don't know, how long has it been out? A couple years? A year and a half? Summer, isn't it? Okay. I thought the... I don't know. I don't remember if the book came out at the same time the show opened. I think the show opened, the book came out later. Oh. Oh, Okay. I think the the screenplay for Fantastic Beasts was released at the same time the movie was, or very close to. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, you can buy the book of the screenplay. And I remember seeing it before, well, definitely before I saw the movie. So, but you don't like, so did you see the movie, Isabella? You didn't like Fantastic Beasts? I didn't even get near it. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I watched like 10 minutes of it and I'm like, mm, nah. <laughs> what? Oh my God. I don't understand what's supposed to intrigue me about that movie. Um, it's like fancy CGI. Harry Potter universe. The what? Yeah. It's the Harry Potter universe. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have Harry Potter in it, but it's the same universe and it's got half the cool stuff from Harry Potter. Yeah. It was a lot of CGI and then not much else. <laughs> From my it, does, it does definitely have a weaker overall story. Well, than... yeah, I mean, it's not being built from a book, so. <laughs> yeah, but also well, it just, it kind of felt like they were it, making no, Fantastic Beasts is, ti- is a book, but, but Newt's story isn't really in there. It's, well, no. it's like one of those little yeah. 
Yeah, like, I know. I actually I, mean, I don't think I still have it, but I used to have no, it. No, I think I do actually. Yeah, they had a little they had the was it green? It had like a little green cover and it was like a half size. Yeah, yeah, along with like a history of magic or something. Yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know Fantastic Beasts is, but like But the the plot is like right. completely different. And the characters and and all this stuff isn't. And I know I really enjoyed it. I felt like um it was really fun and really playful and it was really kind of interesting to see more grown-up themes in the Harry Potter universe that we didn't necessarily see in Harry Potter because it's, you know, a coming of age and young adult work. So like for someone who's never seen it, what's really who the hates plot? it? <laughs> <laughs> who hates it without having seen any of it? <laughs> I write too many critical articles of it, and I'm like, mm, I, I, this does not. I don't want to give my time to this. So that's bad news. <laughs> um, the plot is essentially um, Newt Salamander is, you know, traveling the world collecting animals. Fantastic. It's Newt Scamander. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Salamander. Newt Salamander. Oh, sorry. A Newt is a salamander. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared to talk about Fantastic Beasts today, or obviously to say Isabella's last name. <laughs> so, You've only known me. I know. So many years. Six, I can't remember. Seven right years now. now. Six or seven years now. So, yeah, I don't <clears> know. <throat> I, don't, I always get thrown off because there's an extra vowel. I want to say Olivera, and I'm like, but there's an extra vowel in there. Shouldn't it be something more? No. No. Just imagine it doesn't exist. And then that's how you say my name. <laughs> I'll work on that. But you're talking to McMenemy, so I know what it's like to have names pronounced wrong. <laughs> your name is completely phonetic. I don't understand the problem with your name. <laughs> and everybody pronounces Because that one almost seems like it should have extra syllables, like McMenemy. Yeah, which is exactly what they do, which is why when I graduated with my bachelor's degree, they said McNamoni. <laughs> I literally flinched walking across the stage like somebody punched me in the gut. Mac, Mac, Mac Nimoni, Mac Nimoni, like matrimony, like matrimony, but with a Mac. That is awful. Oh God! I gave a hug to the person who read my name for my PhD because he got it right. <laughs> I was like, I handed nice. him my card. I'm like, it's very important <laughs> that you say this correctly. It's okay. Everybody gets it. I've even had people try to. It's pronounced my last name, and Gra it's Graham. only one syllable. It's just Graham. It's just Graham. I don't know how that's hard. People are like Graham, or they're like Graham, or like whatever. I'm like, it's not even that uncommon. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yes. All right. So Newt. I should have just said first name. At least I remembered it was Newt. Um, do keep in mind, I've only seen it once, so... Um, and he is in the United States. He is British. Um, there's different organizations between British muggle, British wizards and um, American wizards, U.S. wizards. Um, so there's some kind of stuff about bureaucracy. Uh, but the main story is about, oh, and you're going to have to help me with this, Evan. Um, what's it called? The... Um, the creature that's like coming up and doing all like the bad magic and destroying things. 
Oh, geez. Um, and Niffler? No, no. Not the, no. the Niffler was adorable. I really wanted to take one home because it was super cute. But no, there's this process where when um, um, young children are not taught how to use their magic, it will manifest itself and it will become like a creature of, on its own. It's an obscurus. An obscurus. So that's really the thrust of the story is there's yeah. an obscurus and they're trying to figure out where it's coming from. And they're trying to blame Newt's animals for the destruction that's been happening and his, his tinkering and such with animals as the you know what's making all these bad things happen mm -hmm. okay i overall really liked it i, I liked it too okay maybe I, I should see it just so that i can talk about why i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> or you know, see it with an open mind and right potentially prepared to like it because you might you never know i just like it because like i'm always like a, like a hardcore world building fan. Mm -hmm. I I I'm the kind of person who can like recreational re recreationally read like encyclopedias based on fictional universes. Like I'm I really get into the thought that's put into how to like build a universe and expand it and I'm like especially attracted to the things that don't even necessarily make it into the main story and they're just all supplemental stuff that wasn't able to fit. Like I always like getting into that and this is kind of like a movie around that because like it's built the entire movie is based on a fictional book within another story right so it's by definition like world building all by itself with its own mm -hmm. story and i really like that and also i felt like overall like the plot wasn't as strong as the other like I'd harry agree. potter books but it felt more balanced in some ways because like with harry potter like the first half of the series it's pretty light and, and kind of cheesy. And then the last half is really, really dark. And there's like, they kind of feel imbalanced in that respect and kind of in the middle, it's kind of chaotic. But I felt like this one had a balance of kind of lighthearted, more fun stuff and the dark, more mature, serious stuff. Yeah. Because it has both in significant quantities. Yeah, it felt distinctly grown up to me. Like the approach to the story, the themes, some of the themes that were touched on, um, like muggle and um, wizard relationships and how they or nomad. I remember that thing. Yeah, is that, did they actually use that term in the movie? Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that too because it. I like seeing how like this is the first time we've ever seen the magic world in America, and I like the fact that some of it's different. It is kind of cheesy to call them nomads, but I like that they call them something different. I think that's cool. But I thought that ma that matched the era because it's supposed to be like what the forties. It was so, like yeah. the twenties, or is it forties? Sure. I don't think it was. I think it was post World War II. Oh, okay. One of them. Because they were talking years. about the canning of food, or maybe that was before. Or maybe it is earlier. I don't Nineteen twenty-six. Twenty-six. Okay, so it was earlier than World War II. Yeah. Um, um. So I think I, I felt like it matched that era that language and that language choice um, kind of fit with that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I didn't read all the criticism that Isabella read. 
I mostly saw positive reviews of it. Yeah, so did like, I. From like, I... actual reviewers and fans and friends of mine. <laughs> I am surrounded by very critical people who have really strong opinions about things. <laughs> I'm also admittedly surrounded by a lot of people who are blind Harry Potter fans who would like anything with the name attached to it. So I have yeah. to take that with a grain of salt to a degree. Yep, absolutely. I feel All like right. I'm pretty neutral, though. Because I wasn't like I wasn't really raised with Harry Potter. It's something I kind of encountered later on in my life. Because like my parents kind of bought into that weird phase where when the books first came out, they were like all the conservative circles were like it's satanic for whatever reason. So I wasn't allowed to read them as a kid. Oh, weird. my parents never paid attention to what I read, so I just read whatever I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I think that follows for me too. But I wasn't a kid when Harry Potter came out. But I, I was. Seven when I first started reading them. Wow. So, yeah, that's yeah. pretty young too for some of the. Well, that for the first happens. three books. The fourth one didn't come out until like. I don't think I read the fourth one until like a couple of years later. So yeah, yeah. The um, first three are pretty light. Yeah, they are. Um, there's still some dark, you know, stuff. Well, that except kind for of like. <laughs> certain things <laughs> <laughs> all i know is my my daughter caught the last few minutes of the sorcerer's stone um she doesn't watch a lot of, that's not cartoons and my harry like puts his hands on uh, Voldemort's face and he like disintegrates she just freaked out and i'm like okay we gotta turn that off <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think there's I mean, you know the she's three but in the movies is a bit certainly like solidifies like the dark right yeah <laughs> like being possessed by a spirit from a journal is pretty <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's pretty dark i mean yeah. and the whole the imagery in the first movie of the sorcerer's stone of voldemort just taking over someone else's body was pretty disturbing too yeah yeah i mean i think i think that's part of yeah. what they were trying to do when, with evan's talk evan was talking about how the last books are darker i think they tried to integrate a little bit more darkness into the first movies to kind of balance that out a little bit um all right but before we get continue into this <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> let's actually get anything. into the quizzes of harry potter had i known that we could have had like a whole thing about just <laughs> no i'll movie. watch the movie and all right and then do something later. What, in, yeah. in anticipation, because isn't there another one that's supposed to come out this year? They're putting a new I one out? They, they've announced like three other Fantastic Beasts. You know, it's supposed to be this year or next year. I can't keep track because there's so many movies coming out. But they, I know They've announced more than one Fantastic Beasts movie. Right. Yeah, yeah I know that there's going to be at least three. Though. Okay. And I know anyway. they announced uh, Jude Law as uh, Grindelwald, I think. No, as uh, Dumbledore. No, as Dumbledore. Dumbledore yeah. As Dumbledore. That's right. Okay. Grindelwald has already been cast because he was in the last one. As Johnny Depp. Yes. Right. Uh, that was another thing. <laughs> Let's not get into that it. That was weird. That was weird. <laughs> okay. Quizzes. All right. Let's start with the BuzzFeed quiz. Okay. Um, BuzzFeed quiz. I, I remember getting a different result the first time I took this one, but I don't remember what it was. and just know I didn't like it. <laughs> but um it was like mainly gryffindor i think the first time oh no and yeah. this time i got gryffindor too i got 30 percent gryffindor 29 percent ravenclaw 
21% Slytherin and 20% Hufflepuff, which I was just like, no. Because <laughs> I'm all wrong. Yeah, I got 34 Gryffindor, 25 Ravenclaw, 25 Hufflepuff, and 16 Slytherin. Yeah. I, I got 33 Hufflepuff, 31 Ravenclaw, 25 Gryffindor, and 11% Slytherin. I'll be right back. Just okay. continue without me. Okay. Um, okay. What's interesting about this one with the percentages is how they force it to 100%. So you know that each question had one answer that was each house. Yeah. That's the only way they could come up with 100%. Which I could sort of tell like when oh, the yeah. quiz was going, because like, I was actively trying to avoid like paying attention to which ones go where because I yeah, didn't want to like skew the effect of the quiz because yeah. it's like I it's always obvious which one's Slytherin because it's always kind of the jerk one <laughs> and like okay. usually it's it is pretty obvious most of the time yeah. and, and usually the like the Ravenclaw one's pretty smart it's just like I'll do the smart thing and then like right. Gryffindor Hufflepuff kind of alternate back and forth between obvious and not obvious. Well, in this one, it was like, do you hang out at the library? You must be a Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> they're the only ones that read ever. <laughs> well, that was part of my, my complaint with it. Um, you know, and I came back, obviously, I have a Gryffindor banner hanging in my office today in honor of ours. So that's the house I've always sort of aligned myself with. Um, and so this one came back with Gryffindor, but um, it, you know, and then it gives a description about how I'm like, Her Hermione Granger, you are ultimately placing Gryffindor, but the Sorting Hat seriously considered putting you in Ravenclaw. And I was like, oh, right, of course. That's the exact same description I got. <laughs> right. Well, how many descriptions can they have? Like, Yeah, and in that sense, your slight compatibility with Slytherin, blah, 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 blah. But... Oh, that's different from mine, though. Yeah, because I think mine was higher. Yeah, Slytherin was higher, yeah. Yep. Mine pretty much stacked out exactly the way I thought it would, because it, I always end up in Hufflepuff, even though I don't want it to be. But <laughs> at least, like, the Ravenclaw and Gryffindor came right behind it in about the right levels, so that was okay. I don't want Slytherin. So you felt like this one was not too terribly off, then? No, I, and I have to begrudgingly admit I probably am a Hufflepuff. Like, it's probably a reasonable one for me to be. I just don't want to be one. <laughs> Why don't you want to be Hufflepuff? I'm in denial. Because I, I, I feel like I value rationality more mm. than that sort of thing. Like, to me, Hufflepuff, it's just, there's nothing wrong with it, but I, it's, it always just seems kind of like, non-cerebral. I don't know how to put it, but like I, I, I like to think that I think things through more thoroughly than Hufflepuffs tend to. So you're but more I'm, rational than you think it's giving you credit for. I like to think I am, but I could just be wrong about myself because <laughs> I, I have no real reason to suspect that I am as good of a person as I think I am in any of my positive traits. And you could say that about all of us, like, you know, 
how much of this is, yeah. you know, our self-projection and what we ideally think about ourselves as opposed to maybe how we actually behave, which will lead me into our next quiz. So where did you, where did you guys land in the Pottermore sorting? So this is J.K. Rowling's actually actual site. This is her site. This is her, you know, her structure, her setup. I got Slytherin. You got Slytherin? Okay. Yeah. I got I got Hufflepuff again. <laughs> I think you're just going to be a Hufflepuff. <laughs> be grudgy, I, Hufflepuff. I might be, but we've got one more quiz. <laughs> well, um, the Pottermore put me in Ravenclaw. Okay. Um, for the first time, the last time I took it, this is a new account because I couldn't figure out what email address I had my account with before. So I opened a new account and I took it new last night and it, um, yeah, it put me in Ravenclaw, um, which seems to be kind of a trend in my test, in my, my house test taking. Did you take the Ilvermorny quiz too? The which one? Did you? The oh, one? no, I didn't. No. I don't think that existed last time I took it. I did. And I'd have to make wedgie. yet another new account. You're a what? A puck wedgie. A puck wedgie? Which is basically the Illumorny equivalent of a Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, Evan. What am I going to do? <laughs> and my Patronus is a beagle. <laughs> Mine is a basset hound. I didn't. Know it's equally them. adorable. I didn't. I didn't take the Patronus one. Oh, I, I actually managed to log in. Okay. Oh. I forgot my account, but it remembered. That's funny. I was looking to see where the quiz was. Maybe I'd take it live, but oh, famous Ravenclaw characters. Luna, Cho Chang, Gilderoy Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart was Ravenclaw? Yeah. <laughs> I always thought he was Hufflepuff for some reason. I always thought he was Gryffindor. Really? I always thought he was just a fake who didn't <laughs> even have a house. <laughs> that a brings up the interesting question. What is, um, oh, what's her name? The really creepy woman? Um, who dresses all in pink? Oh, um. Oh. Uh, I can't remember. Shoot. I can't, I can't remember either. I feel bad about um, that. I know who you're talking <laughs> about, though. I'm blinking to it. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly clearing your throat. It's going to bug me until we figure it out, guys. Umbridge. Umbridge. <laughs> I don't know how I, I can't even that. imagine what house she might belong in. Slytherin. All the villains are Slytherin, so Slytherin probably. I don't think she it's is. Just... Oh, okay, no, she is. Slytherin? No. Yeah. That's odd. Because it's not, you know, part of Slytherin is being. Um, I want to say self-centered, but that's not what I'm, not really what I'm going for. Um, 
having a, a focus ambitious. for your, huh? Ambitious, not, yeah, ambitious, ambitious. but ambitious in a way, not ambitious for, um, for a group, but ambitious, individually ambitious. Individualistic. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Um, so Quirrell was also Ravenclaw and Ollivander. So, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's interesting to me that this was Ravenclaw. Like I said, I had previously taken it and gotten Gryffindor, but I don't know. When I used to take quizzes back in the day, I used to purposely put myself in Gryffindor. And I tried not, like Evan said, I tried not to do that this time. So. I was like purposely trying to not be Gryffindor the first couple times, and I still ended up Gryffindor. Like the <laughs> very first time I took one of these quizzes, I ended up Gryffindor. I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> so what I've happens if you want to? Always be wanted Ravenclaw, and I never oh. get it. Interesting. I'm just Interesting. not as smart as I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep getting sorted into Ravenclaw, even though I want to be Gryffindor. So. Interesting. All right. So what about the last quiz? So the last quiz that we took, um, apparently I don't have my results out here. Oh, here we go. Um, this was a little bit more elaborate of a quiz to take. Would you guys yes. agree? I yes. liked this one. You liked this one. <laughs> Well, it's from um, a website called personalitylab.org. And I do believe um, these are um, people who are associated with um, personality tests um, and like the Myers-Briggs and uh, some of that kind of personality theory. So I think it has a little bit more depth. This definitely had a little bit more depth to it than BuzzFeed. Which probably not so. Most things do have more than BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> not really known for its depth. No, not really. <laughs> so, so let's start with you, Evan. Tell us about your um, your feedback you got on this one. I got ninety-seven for Ravenclaw. <laughs> You're wow, really happy. Ninety-seven. With that. Yeah. And like my next one is Hufflepuff. But that's like 59, and then wow. it's like 49 Slytherin and 42 Gryffindor. But it's like overwhelmingly Ravenclaw. So, so you're very happy with that one. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Isabella? How'd this one turn out for you? Okay, so when I took it, um, I was evenly split between Slytherin and Ravenclaw. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. And what's it, the others? Did they just, were they big jumps or? No, I don't remember specifically, but I do remember I was tied for Slytherin and Ravenclaw. Okay. And then I think Ribbentor was next, and then Hufflepuff. Okay. Well, my mine are not that, there's not that much difference between mine. Um, so I came back 97 Ravenclaw as well. <laughs> nice. As Evan. Um, and 88 Hufflepuff. And then 75 Gryffindor and 50 Slytherin. So I feel kind of like I'm everything but Slytherin. 
<laughs> according to this one. Uh, oh, I took the Ilvermoni. I can't even say that word. Ilvermoni? Ilvermoni. Um, test. I got Wampus. Wampus. You're a Wampus. Isn't, isn't that like the Gryffindor? I think so. Wampus has some sometimes considered to represent the body of a witch or wizard. It is also said that Wampus favor, favors warriors, which makes me think that's the Gryffindor house. Mm -hmm. It's like a were panther creature. Yeah. Cool. Well, what did you guys think about this test as opposed to the others in terms of its design? It's definitely a bit more like the the oh god, what do they call the types? Uh, Myers Briggs. Myers Briggs types. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and I like that it's more like a spectrum of answers that you can give rather than yes or no. Mm -hmm. I liked it because I I thought it was more. It's I think it's more difficult to cheat even subconsciously because like we were talking about how like some of the answers are super obviously supposed to be Gryffindor or Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw or whatever. And this yeah. one I didn't feel like most of them were that obvious. A couple of them here and there were, but not many of them. And I feel like overall it, it's more discreet and more subtle about the sort of things it measures. Yeah, I think it's partially because of the way it's designed that's designed like Isabella said, like the Myers-Briggs is designed where you have a range of responses. It's not, you're not picking between the four houses necessarily. You're picking a range of responses to the input. So it's like, um, um, stays optimistic after having a setback. And you can agree strongly, agree a little, neutral, disagree, or disagree strongly, or disagree a little and disagree strongly. So you have more nuance to the responses you give as opposed to you know the buzzfeed quiz where you're picking you know one of four pictures mm -hmm. and it, like i said the design of that test is forced to give you a hundred percent total so each question has one specific answer even though i think one of their answers only had three options for it but um the first one about the wands Right, yeah. The first one about the wands only had yeah. three, three options for what the core of your wand would be, which is interesting because if that is the setup for it, then two one of those represents two houses. I don't really but, think it had anything to do with. I don't understand what they were taking away from that question. At that all. one could have easily been a throwaway, like as a kind of a red herring. They might not have attached any actual significance to it. Yeah, that could be. Because they probably shouldn't, because realistically, what the heck is the difference? Like, who's going to care? <laughs> well, I was thinking, though, of, of what it means in terms of your self-selection. Like, but, then, but also, like, you don't really get to choose your wand. It chooses you. Right. You don't really get to pick. Right. Well, maybe it is, because that was the one thing I was like, where does this come from? And one of the only questions I couldn't look at and say, oh, well, this one is too. I is picked it... Unicorn here specifically because that's the one that's in the core of the one I took on the Pottermore quiz. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that, that one it. I haven't taken either. So the wand or the yeah, I haven't yeah, I haven't I well yeah. The very first time I logged into Pottermore when it was first launched X number of years ago, I took the sorting quiz then, but I haven't been on that site or in it since then, so I haven't taken any of the new ones. And it didn't have a bunch of quizzes back then. Um, well, yeah, that was going to happen for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, part of what I wanted to talk about with this was the other article that I had Isabella link to us as we were sort of prepping for today's um, discussion. Um, did you get a chance to read it, Evan? I sort of skimmed it. Yeah. So Isabella, can you give us a little description of it? Okay. So basically, the so the name of the site is Sorting Hat Chats. It's just a site put together by a few people, uh, two people, I think, um, who have kind of created this structure of primary and secondary houses. So, so the way they'd explain it is that your primary house explains your motivations, your values, and the way you see the world around you. And then the secondary houses is how you approach the world and how you interact with it. Um, and primary and secondary don't mean like one is weighted more heavily than the other. They're just, you know, two different. The different ways you approach life, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to give an example, I, by their system, I think I'm a Slytherin primary with a Hufflepuff secondary, which means... So Slytherin primaries are fiercely loyal to the people they care about. Slytherin is a place where you'll make your real friends. They prioritize individual loyalties and find their moral core in protecting and caring for the people they're closest to. So, and then Hufflepuff secondary. Um, let's see. Do do do. Their strength comes from their consistency and integrity of their method. There are hard workers. They build habits and systems for themselves and accomplish things by keeping at them. So they're people who are very, uh, who like routine and mm -hmm. adhering to a system, basically. So, I don't know. So, Regina, what do you think of this? because <laughs> we I first introduced Regina to this on one very long car ride up to Seattle yeah where I basically read like this entire site to her <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we discussed it and sorted people we knew right <laughs> so we had long discussions about who belonged in which houses and what it changes for me um in looking at the Harry Potter houses is thinking about that difference between how and why um, so your primary house being why you do something and your secondary house being how you go about doing it. Um, and at the same time we were having this discussion, I was also having this thing where um, my quizzes and my, you know, a lot of the indicators were coming back that I was more Ravenclaw than Gryffindor. And I've always felt I was more Gryffindor than any of the other houses um, personally. So I started to so think you, about... You you try to explain this to me that you're you're more emotion driven 
right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so the Ravenclaw like reasoning and logic didn't really appeal yeah, it to doesn't you. at all. Like, you know, I see Evan saying, you know, he wants he wants to be that rational, you know, type. And all I think about is that so not me. Like I, you know, I don't it's not that I don't make rational decisions, I just make them based off the emotions in the situation. And I think that that was one of the things that has always drawn me to the characters that I know from the Gryffindor house was feeling like they acted more on emotion than they did um, rational logic. Um, so that made it more made it make more sense to me. Um, so when I started thinking about secondaries um, or thinking that I had a secondary house, I was kind of like, well, where would that fall for me? And that's where I think is what's coming up in this um, this kind of thing is that I think. I do make logical decisions. I just make a logical emotional decisions as opposed to making logical rational decisions. So I always follow that that inner moral, moral code that I have. Um, and that's what this describes. So this says for Gryffindor primaries, they trust in their moral intuitions. They feel what's right in their gut and that matters and guides them. If they don't listen and act on that, it feels immoral. And that's where I come, I'm like, yes, that's how it is for me. Go on that instinct, go on that that um, intuition and that emotion and then go from there. And I think I back it up with the logic of Ravenclaw, but I don't think that's where I come like at it. Mm -hmm. I can definitely relate to pretty much all of that. Like I, I think for me, it, I, as much as I aspire to be rational about things, I know it's not my reflexive thing. I do kind of tend to be more emotional in my response to things. And that's something I kind of try to like counter with mm -hmm. rationality. So it's like, I'd be more naturally puff and more like intentionally Ravenclaw. Like it's, it's something that I would be personally striving to because of the values I hold rather than my natural instinctual reflexive way of thinking and like i i would say that probably i would be realistically a hufflepuff primary and a ravenclaw secondary because like i do value loyalty highly and i do kind of sort of i guess in some ways like it says on hufflepuff primaries that they are loyal before they are good or right. Like they, they think it's more important to be true to mm -hmm. tangible things or tangible people right. than greater like community. Ideals. I don't know that I, yeah. I don't know that I entirely agree with that, but I do place that loyalty high priority. But also at the same time, and this is probably why I sometimes score as a Gryffindor. I also try to see things objectively to sort of define whether they're right or wrong. And that's like where the Ravenclaw comes in as well. Cause it's like, like if somebody comes to me with a problem they have, I'm going to want to help them naturally. That's the Hufflepuff thing. But I'm also going to want to see if what's helpful to them is not necessarily me agreeing with them. Maybe I need to assess the situation, Ravenclaw, and figure out where they stand on whether they did something good or something bad, which would be more the Gryffindor kind of a thing of nobility. So like if my ultimate goal would be to help this person but maybe the thing that genuinely helps them is not the thing they're asking for or want. It's something that they need. They like find out through rationality and trying to look at things objectively. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like what I know of you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> our, 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 our friendship, but I can also see in you or in sort of the Hufflepuff part of you that you might not be quite so comfortable with. Um, I can definitely see a priority on community um, and not, you know, not necessarily just the loyalty of community, but in building community. Because I think anybody who works in any kind of theater, that was always the saddest thing about me, for, about working in theater for me, wasn't, was when a show would end. Because yeah. you had worked so hard, like building the group, you know, making everything work, both with the actors and the crew and everything kind of comes together. And then it ends. And that was always the hardest part for me was watching that community sort of exit. Um, and I see you do theater, you know, and um, I've seen you build community and ink shares and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely think that the community is, is a driving force for you. I think you have to be at least a little bit Hufflepuffy to be able to do theater because people who are like straight up Slytherins in theater tend to be impossible to work with because they're all divas and they're <laughs> insufferable most of the time. Cause like you can't make a show all about you when there's 30 other people involved in it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think that's definitely true. I think the Slytherins who want to be actors have to become successful very quickly. Yeah. See, and this is why I never got into theater. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> because of the divas or because you wanted to be the no. diva? No, just the idea She's of being successful diva. right away. Oh. Like, I can't imagine myself, like, because not everyone is good right away at acting. I don't think I, it's and nothing I uh, aspire to at all. But just doing that and doing that very publicly is makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, the learning, like the learning curve, the fact that your learning curve is like <laughs> witnessable by everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you like learning things in private and then just showing up and being good at them. <laughs> <laughs> I like making all my foibles in private. Nobody has to see that. No, I can I can relate to that too, because like the first couple times I did theater, like it, there was the, the whole stage fright thing, and I was like, oh, I, I don't want people to see me fail. I don't want to. I want them to see me be great. And I still, every once in a while, I'll come across an experience I haven't had yet. Like I've only done a couple of musicals, so I always feel really nervous about auditioning for a musical because I'm like, I don't want them to see me do bad. I don't know if I'm good yet. Yeah, so my friend was actually, like, discussing this last night because she did a lot of theater, and she's running, like, a middle school production of The Little Mermaid, which nice. uh, she's stronger than I am. Um, <laughs> but she said that, like, I told her that I, I never joined theater for, like, just the idea of it makes me really uncomfortable. But she said that I would probably have been a really decent, like, backstage person like running things behind the scenes just because I'm kind of ruthless <laughs> that and bossy. Does help. That does help. Ruthless and bossy. Like you have to be a little bit mean if you're a stage manager you or to be if a you're stage a manager, sure. Coaching. You have to crack yeah, that's that what, that's what and, yeah. 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 I don't know if that would it that was like apparent back in the day when I was like in high school, but 
now it definitely is. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And well, you know, that's part of what I put you in <laughs> in the role you have in the Keek Embassy. <laughs> you are the herder of cats and the one who keeps us on track because that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is part of the reason why I I kind of question whether or not I really am like a Ravenclaw secondary because um, let me read the Ravenclaw secondary here. Um, Ravenclaw secondary's plan. They collect information. They strategize. No, they have tools. Yeah, you're not a strategizer. <laughs> no, I, this is not me. This is not me. Like I do not do these things. I do not spreadsheet. I do not list. I don't, I don't think remember you have what to be... we eventually landed on for you. What was that? I don't remember what we eventually landed on for you. As I think it was Slytherin, type. actually. As a Slytherin secondary, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're very adaptive and you just take things as they come. Yes. I'm good with the, you know, put me in charge where nobody's in charge and I will make things work. Yeah. You know, um, thing. And the Slytherin secondaries improvise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're most reactive. They're, they're the most reactive secondary. <laughs> Finding their strength and responding quickly to whatever a situation throws at them, they improvise differently than the Gryffindor secondary, far more likely to try coming at situations from different angles than to try strong-arming them. I think that sounds a lot more like me than the Ravenclaw. Sounds a fair yeah. like me, too. <laughs> But, like, I, I don't know, I, it's always weird because there's several different ways you can approach, like, the same kind of a situation. Like, if you're in a situation where you have to improvise, like, you can probably do it no matter which house you're in, but you're going to have different approaches to it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah. I hardly ever feel like I resonate with anything Slytherin, but I, I am often the person who finds himself having to put things together. But usually it's because... I recognize things are a mess and no one else is going to do it. Mm. And I have an idea of what needs to be done. So I usually take it upon myself, but I'm also usually like really happy to hand it off to somebody else. If anybody else wants to. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I don't know where this comes in with um, um, like this idea. Um, I mean, this is a very um, elaborate structure that they have here yeah and um, they go into each type yeah very much more in depth than yeah and we're just reading from the the snippets that are on the basics page if anybody wants to check this out i'll make sure to put the links up with the um with the post for this so if you listen or you watch and you want to check it out i'll make sure to put the um here i'll put it in the chat we have one person watching so hello to whoever is watching right now <laughs> Um, uh, I'm putting the link to this um, uh, sorting hat um, chats website in here with this structure of the, the primary and secondary because they go into talking about um, the different approaches that the secondaries have in terms of um, being builders versus um, it's builders versus something else and I don't know idealist versus loyalist. Um, uh, builders versus improvi improvisers, um, situational versus inspirational. So there's kind of some play back and forth between how these, uh, how the types interact in their structure. 
that definitely has more depth than we're really giving it here. We're really just kind of like, it was kind of mind shattering for me to think that I was more than one house. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like that wasn't something I had ever thought about. You're just one house. Like, yeah, the sorting hat says something to Harry about, you know, you could do great if you were in Slytherin. Um, and then he says, no, I don't want that. And then he puts him in Gryffindor. So, you know, like I knew that there were, you know, this kind of wavy line as to where you could be put. But um, I didn't think you could sort of have simultaneous characteristics. Which I think it makes it significantly more interesting than just four. Well, I think everyone always does, which is one of the reasons why kind of the idea of sorting people entirely in a house has never quite worked for me. Mm -hmm. And it's like kind of the same reason why I could never ever get on board with the Divergent series. Because like you can't boil a person down into just one personality aspect. Well, like there might that... be people who have like overwhelmingly powerful ones, but they're still all gonna have everything. Well, that's the entire, I don't know how far you got into that series, but that kind of ends up being the point at the end, is that I that people are not, yeah, the people are not, so the main character, whose name I'm forgetting, is divergent, which means she exhibits more than one of those five traits, so, which is, without getting into the really convoluted plot of that series, um, is you know how people used to be and the whole system in that book is kind of a forced environment basically if that makes any sense kind of it just for me it was always so hard for me to suspend my disbelief that a society like this could ever happen just because it's so transparently obvious that you can't just be one thing like there's even there's not even really a way to function as only being one value. Well, yeah, and by the end she's trying to tear that whole system down. So yeah, the the conceit of it is kind of ridiculous, but but yeah. partially intentional because that's supposed to be kind of a metaphor, really, though, right? I mean, not that they all aren't supposed to be metaphors, but. Yeah, probably. But it to me, it, it always kind of just felt like it was kind of falling into the trap of we have to make our main character special in ways nobody else is, which is just hard for me to process. Like, I, I never got past the first book, so I don't know how it all turned out. But well, I, the first book was the best, so it doesn't get any better after that. <laughs> I was afraid of that. But I, I just if the only thing that sets you apart, the thing that makes you special is the fact that you're exactly like real people are. Yeah. That, that's that doesn't really sell me on your premise. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only person in this story who actually is like a real human being. Well, she's not what? the only one. She's the only one in the beginning, but that, that's true. That's true. It, she, yeah, it's, it's complicated. And <laughs> <laughs> really makes sense by the end it just doesn't <laughs> so as a as a um a sort of tangent to this discussion or in part in part and parcel of of thinking about houses and thinking about how we fall in the harry potter sorting system for you guys which characters did you identify 
the most with and what were their house and what houses were they in? Well, mine was always Hermione, but that's because I was always the brainiac girl who didn't really fit in. Mm -hmm. And it's... but I don't I don't know if it's if I really take after her that much other than that like surface level. Yeah, I see I never identified with Hermione at all even though she's Gryffindor and I always saw myself as Gryffindor. Um I was ne I was never I still continue to not be terribly book smart. Like I, you know, I had to learn to be an academic. That was not something that was sort of an inherent interest for me. Um, and trust me, like the day that I got rid of the vast majority of my academic books was a day of joy <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I think I acquired a lot of those academic books. You did books. acquire quite a few yeah. of them, actually. <laughs> and I donated them to you guys for the journal. Yeah, and, and then I took an entire box for myself. So. Well, of course you did. And I figured you would be doing at least that. Obviously. <laughs> So, you know, that was that was a very happy day for me when I was like, okay, I've decided that I'm not venturing down this academic road anymore because this is, this really isn't who I am. Like, I'm just not that bookish person. So I, I was never the smartest. I was never the person who read ahead in school. Um, <laughs> that was just not me. So I didn't identify with Hermione in that, in that sense. Um, her tenacity and her dedication to sticking to it um, and sticking with it, with Harry and um, and Ron, I, I I appreciated that part of who she was. But she definitely was not the character that I identified the most with. But um, what about you, Evan? What character did you identify the most with, or do you identify? Sure. It's hard to kind of say because, like, obviously in all of the Harry Potter stories, the only ones you really get close to are all Gryffindors, because that's just- They're the trio. All right? the main yeah. characters are. Yeah. And half of the supporting characters are, so it's they don't really flesh out hardly any of the other houses other than the Slytherins, because they're all the bad guys are Slytherins. But mm -hmm. it's probably the character that I identify the most with is most likely, if you count, Snoot Scamander. <laughs> He's not part of the original canon. That doesn't count. <laughs> but now we have I a was, purist oh, I was among us. About it. I was thinking about it because I was trying to think of anybody in the original series that I really... Not even any of the professors or anything? Not really. Like, they just... None of them really felt like they had the same kind of values that I do or the same kind of personality that I do. But I feel like Newt kind of does because he's somebody who's very passionate about a couple of things that he really, really cares about. And he's 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 a Hufflepuff. So <laughs> there we go. There we go. But there aren't really any like prominent Hufflepuffs that I can he's remember. Like the only one that um, really kind of uh, is Oh, the guy Cedric Diggory. He, yeah, mm, he was. Yeah, but you only really see him like in one book. I know, but you know, that's yeah, that's the only he's, one. He's the one. He's the only one who like you can like I I, but I you have do get like, to know him pretty well in that book. You do get to know him pretty well in that book, and he, you know you do. He does have a reasonably fleshed out character for a non you know. Um, trio character um i have to constantly remind myself that um 
Neville is not Hufflepuff. So do I. He's a very Hufflepuff Gryffindor. Yeah. He is a very Hufflepuff. Yeah, Hufflepuff too, often. He does actually get treated like a Hufflepuff. He has that kind of, um, I want to joy de vie that like the <laughs> Hufflepuffs have that nobody else has in Harry Potter. <laughs> I think he, he has, has that like trusting quality yes. that a lot of the Gryffindors don't exhibit, which is a pretty Hufflepuff thing. Yes, I think he kind of he comes into his Gryffindor though, because like by the mm -hmm. end he's very Gryffindor. Yes, yes. Well, and I think he shows it too early on in the first book when uh, he catches them going out at at night, and um, Hermione has to put the jinx on him so he can't move, mm -hmm. um, so that they can go out to to find the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, yeah, if it was a straight up Hufflepuff, he would have let him go. Yeah, exactly, because it wouldn't have been about the moral, you know, the right or wrong. It would have been about supporting the community and the decision that they that they made. And because he wasn't, because he was Gryffindor, he says. So I think, but if we look at the that this idea of secondary houses, you can very easily see him as a. Um, which one is it? The primary is why, right? And the secondary yeah. is how. So I can very much see um, Neville as uh, a primary Gryffindor, secondary Hufflepuff. A Gryffindor. A Gryffindor. <laughs> Somebody did all those <laughs> at some point in time. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Slitherpuff. I, I'm a Ravenpuff. And I, I think Scamander is a Ravenpuff too, because like I, I think of him like he's obviously very Hufflepuff in some ways, but he's also very thing mm -hmm. and the things he's passionate about, he's not just passionate about like tending to these creatures. He also like learns about them. He's documenting them. He's trying to help other people understand them. He's like right. very focused on the academics of what he does in addition to the yeah. preservation. And, and at the same time in the community, like setting up their, um, their environments so that they're all, you know, like he has this all broken up, like his, you know, secret place that he's hiding them. He has them all broken up by environment so that they're all in their native environment, um, which I thought was really cool. I mean, I just thought, I don't know. I know. We're gonna have to get Isabella to watch Fantastic Beasts. Um, she's like, no, I won't do it. I'll watch it and then still ruin it. It won't be good. <laughs> you can ruin it as long as you've watched it. I I really have a hard time with people saying this is awful when they haven't seen it. I mean, I understand like reading criticism, but you know, no. But there are some movies that I know, like the Ghost in the Shell movie, that I know I will never watch just because it's inherently problematic <laughs> mm -hmm. where I cannot give it my time. This one was not quite that bad, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I'll watch it. <laughs> Do it for completion's sake. You gotta fill out the set. Yeah. I went into it though too with really low expectations. I've started to do this where I'm less likely to watch um, trailers of movies that are coming out because I don't want to be um, 
I don't I want to keep my expectations low because I did that with the first Guardians of the Galaxy I hadn't watched I hadn't even watched any of the trailers when I went to see Guardians of the Galaxy um, and then I went to see it and it was like wow this is awesome and now I have seen all of the volume two trailers and I'm like oh, I bet this is going They're to kind of inescapable. experience of this um, so I want I'm trying to back off a little like I haven't watched the Star Wars um, stuff I don't I shouldn't even bring up Star Wars sorry no, New topic. Although, <laughs> fun fact, I did see Rogue One in theaters, but I was still boycotting it. So what I did was I went to go see Fantastic Beasts, and then I immediately went from that to see Rogue One without paying for another ticket. So oh. I snuck into it, and oh, I supported sorry. Fantastic Beasts instead. How very Slytherin! How very, that how was very Slytherin of you. That's what I was getting at. And I, I enjoyed one of the two movies. <laughs> oh, we cannot get into this. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want to do that. That'll take no. another couple hours. If we want to have a whole show on um, Star Wars, um, we might. I could need... do a twenty-four hour live stream just ranting about Star yes, Wars. Yes, I know. In various <laughs> levels. I know. I, I was going to say do like a two-hour live stream with that before. I know you don't drink, but if we were going to have a show about Star Wars, I think I would insist that you have some sort of libation before we began. <laughs> or took a Valium, whatever your choice. <laughs> Shoot me with some horse tranquilizers. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that that would be such a bad idea. Because <laughs> it would be a very passionately uh, driven discussion. <laughs> And you might have a heart attack. <laughs> I, might, I might need to be chained down to something. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, so what I was thinking, because I was thinking about this today and thinking about the characters that I identify with, and um, I thought, because I was trying to suss out this whole Ravenclaw thing um, that my test came back with so, so many Ravenclaw results. Um, and what I realized is... Um, one of the characters that I identify the most with is actually Luna Lovegood, um, which is really interesting because she is probably the most fleshed out of the student characters that are um, in her house. But I don't identify her for any logical approach, and I don't even see her as being that rational. And I was wondering what you guys thought about that. Like, what do you think of her as a character and her as that being her house? Well, I always thought that her being in Ravenclaw was because of her curiosity. Mm -hmm. It's just she values different kind of knowledge than most Ravenclaws would, I think. Right, because she's even an outcast in her house. Like, Yeah, because she's free and she believes in all these things that no one else does. But right. she, she studies them and you know, she she clearly values that a lot. Mm -hmm. I can't see her fitting anywhere else better. And especially because she's, mm -hmm. I can't see her in Slytherin, obviously. Um, yeah, she doesn't have the drive. She's not, she's not, she's a bit of a loner, which is why I always associated with her. Um, so she's not like a very good Hufflepuff in that way. Um, I don't know. She's a loner because she just doesn't care about people think of her or just because she's kind of been outcast. But 
yeah she's she's a bit of a ravenclaw uh raven door i don't know what the i don't know what the switch name for that one is griffin claw griffin claw yeah that one's better <laughs> yeah i can because see she that. does get along with the with the trio yeah pretty well yeah, for sure like i you yeah. know they're the closest it, i think friends her the, and well actually i think her and neville are the closest yeah at least no, by the, end of the last book were you gonna say something evan i thought i would cut you off there oh no oh. i don't think okay. so okay okay <laughs> well the thing that i thought about luna was um i think she is more attentive to to how people are are thinking and feeling, I think in a way that the other characters aren't. Like I always think back to the scene where um, um, Harry in the fifth book, is that where we're first introduced to her? I can't, I can't remember. remember, I thought it was before that. I don't remember her being in the other books, but um, Harry can see the Thestrals yeah. For the first time in the fifth book, um, because he saw Cedric die, which I actually have That's a bone—I right. have a bone to pick with that in in terms of story, just in general, because he would have watched his mom die. So, sure. technically, he should have been able to see them from the beginning. But you know, okay. Um, Especially because of his connection to Voldemort, I think that would yeah, carry that over too. to him too. Yeah, like I just—I just think that there should have been that should have been anyway. So, but that didn't not how it went. Um, so he sees them and he doesn't understand why nobody else, why um, Ron and Hermione can't see them. And Luna steps up and says, I can see them too. And then she connects with him about the lost parents in a way that nobody else has. Um, and she's also willing to kind of step up and put herself out there um, to talk about it. Um, and nobody else really can do that with him. Um, and I have always appreciated that partially because I had a parent die when I was very young. So I grew up in that same kind of, emotional state of being kind of conscientious of where people are and where they're coming from. Um, but I don't definitely don't see that as kind of a Ravenclaw approach. I kind of see that more as Hufflepuff, but like you said, she's, she's a loner. So. But I think that her like empathic ability is kind of like just emotional intelligence. Does that make sense? Yes, it does True. actually. But so where does that fall in our house, in our houses, in our, in our sort of structure here? I, I still think that's, uh, I don't think that's inherently one house, but it makes sense well, in no. Ravenclaw too. Hmm. I think it fits well in Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. Yeah, both of those. Yeah. But I think emotional intelligence is just another sort of intelligence. But since like it kind of relates to how you interact with other people, I would that's why I would think Hufflepuff yeah. as well. Yeah, because that's what I was trying to kind of to think about, like where, especially since we see her and Neville connect, and we you know we definitely see Hufflepuff tendencies in Neville. Perhaps that's one of the things that kind of brings the two of them together. Mm -hmm. Anyway, other thoughts you guys have about our quizzes and our houses and our sorting things that you wanted to make sure to share today? Well, so when I was thinking about this, the character I most 
identify with. I don't know if I identify with Hermione more because of like who she is or just because she's one of the more prominent female characters in the entire series. Yeah. I mean, there really that too. There really isn't like anyone else. I mean, you're right. Luna first appears in book five. That's pretty far yeah. Um, in the series. Um, and I think the only other major, or the only other character I remember, I mean, other than Ginny, and Ginny Other than Ginny, who always annoyed me. <laughs> right, and who didn't have a main main part, other than, even when she was, like, what? Other than getting possessed. Right, and even when she had, yeah. you know, that. So she has, like, no agency in the most no. prominent part that she's in. Yeah, and she's not even on, she's not on screen, and she's not in the book during that. They're just mopping up the excess of the blood that she spilled literally all over the floor of the entryway. Um, yeah. And it doesn't even end up affecting her character that much over the course of the rest of the stories. Like, something like that should change you inherently forever. Yeah, profoundly. You should, you know, and the one, the one callback to it is when she... Um, she goes to Harry and she's like, you didn't think to come to me to talk to me about what it's like when somebody else is in your head. Yeah. Like no duh, Harry. <laughs> right. <laughs> no duh, Harry. And, and this is all like, this is like, you know, she had Voldemort living in her, you know, she was completely possessed by him and, and she doesn't suffer the, the trauma of it, I think in a way that was very authentic either. Anyway. No. So she was the only one of the where fan fiction has done Ginny a great service that the that the books completely Didn't like do. forgot. <laughs> Let's just gloss over <laughs> this whole thing. Well, you know, they do a lot. There's a lot that happens in the books. I can understand how there's like some holes in certain things. But we had Ginny, we had Cho Chang as the kind of feigned love interest for Harry. Yeah, she wasn't really. But they are they're the Pavardi twins. Right, the um, Pavardi twins, yeah. Also but, Gryffindor, though, right? Oh, wait, yeah. one's yeah. Gryffindor, one's Ravenclaw, right? They're split. Yeah. But they're not even really distinguished in, like, that much, I don't think. No, not that I remember. Really. No. Um, and that's about it, I think. Right? Except for, like, um, McGonagall, but, like... Right, the, yeah, and, the, and some of the other professors, but or or um, that's it. um, what's Ron's mom's Molly Molly Weasley? Yeah, I mean, even as a mom, I have a hard time identifying with Molly Weasley just because she's definitely a, like a, a, a archetype of yeah, she's a caricature, caring mom character. Yeah, like and it's just you know kind of the slot she's put into. Um, oh, and uh, Marissa. Is that her name, Marissa? Oh gosh, Draco's mom. No, no, no. Narcissa. Hello. And Beatrix. Right. They're also very archetypal. Yeah, and also yeah. very caricature <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in that they don't get a lot of, we get some backstory, just a little bit of backstory. Um, oh, we don't even actually get any backstory. We just get sort of family connections drawn out in, um, I think it's book five when they're staying, when the Order of the Phoenix is at Sirius's house, and I see all mm -hmm. the connections on the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, other than female teachers like Trelawney. Who 
I don't know how you can <laughs> identify with Trelawney, really. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. She was kind of she's intentionally just a plot device. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And yeah. like, she's not supposed to be identified with. She's just supposed to be othered. I can't think of any other, any other women characters. Yeah. So my favorite character. So do you guys have favorite characters in the Harry Potter universe that aren't necessarily people who you identify with? Oh, yes. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, mine is Sirius Black. Okay. I've always loved Sirius. I like, I like, I cried when Dumbledore died. I didn't but like I care when Dumbledore died. Bald. I bawled <laughs> when Sirius died. I was so, and I was so mad. I was so mad because, you know, having had Harry just like figure out that he had this connection and he had somebody who could play a parent role to him um, and then have him taken away, like just so stupidly, like he just yeah. falls into nothing and he's gone. Flippantly? Like, oh, what? <laughs> Flippantly. Flippantly, yes. Like, yeah. he was such a significant character for me and um, and really helped me relate to the story in a deeper way. And just to have him, the way he died, just was like, oh, God. It hurt. And that's so you the, Yeah, that's the same way I felt about Remus. Oh, yeah. Because he was one of the remaining marauders. Well, because, you know, Sirius had been locked away for a long time. And right. Peter had disappeared. Right. James was dead. Yeah. He was the only one that you could see, like, the effect, like, the long-term effect of this thing and all the people he had lost. It, Remus's death actually, like, hurt me more than Sirius's, I think. Hmm. Interesting. Well, he was longer in the story and had more connection eventually. I think for me it's the potential relationship that uh, Harry could have had with him that I felt the most yeah. despondent about him losing. Mm -hmm. Now, partially because it was giving him the hope that he could get out from the Dursleys. So. Yeah. Yeah. What um, about you, Evan? What connection character do you yeah. connect with or not connect with? Um, what's your favorite character? I always had a soft spot for Tonks. <laughs> I don't know why. I, like I, just, I, I always liked her. I, I liked her. She was, I like that she didn't take herself or the stuff going on around her too seriously. Like she just kind of like everybody else always had like kind of this, this sort of reverence for the wizarding world and everything. And she's just kind of takes it in stride and, and just kind of acts the way she wants to. And like, yeah, she's got magic abilities that she can use and stuff like that. But she also, she's, pretty free spirited with it and it, it, she doesn't like revere it. It's more just something she can do. And, and yet she's still really like meet the challenge when she has to. And I always thought that was neat. Yeah. I always, I liked her too. I'm sad that we didn't think of her in our list of female characters. What else was well, she she's, in? She's not a, she's not a grown up. Oh, I mean, she's not a student. Yeah. I don't know what house she would be in. Let's take a look. What about you, Isabella? So, <laughs> this may come to no surprise to anyone, but mine was always Draco. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and why? Um, 
just because of the situation he's in. He's kind of forced into this horrible situation. And he has, in the end, he has to kind of switch his loyalties to, you know, end up doing what is good for everyone. I mean, he basically has to, like, abandon his family and abandon his house and everything to ultimately yeah. do what is right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... Uh... And I love, the, I love the relationship between Narcissa and Draco. Especially in the last book. Yeah, where you see the sacrifice and how she's so willing to, so worried about him. And, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, he's a, he becomes a more sympathetic character. Like, <laughs> I love me a bad guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought he was acting out of that false sense of maturity. Like, he always thought he was more mature and more, um, well, smarter. <laughs> well, than he I really always was. saw that as, like, a front to his situation, right? Because yeah. he comes from this ancient pure-blood family. His father is, like, a horrific person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who is, like, a leader of the Death Eaters, and he's just kind of along for the ride yeah so he has to put up this front or he'd be eaten alive yeah yeah well i think for me too that like harry's first impression of him aligned him with dudley mm -hmm. <laughs> and dudley was that's true so terrible that like i just couldn't ever like i could never i can never separate the two of them even though dudley kind of came around at the end it was my favorite one of my favorite scenes in the last book is where Dudley's like, why aren't you coming with us? Like, yeah. you're part of the family. And it's like, where did that come from? It's like, oh, you have been like, you just think this is how brotherhood is supposed to be. <laughs> you know, no, he was also kind that. of defined by his parents because his parents yes. were jerks as well. The right. Dursleys were awful. Yeah, the Dursleys were awful. I um, dislike the Dursleys so much. They're well, just so... I mean, you're supposed to. They're but. abusive. Yeah, they're like just downright abusive. Yeah. Like, there's no. Well, that's <laughs> why you know, they move him out of the cupboard because somebody's sending mail to him in the cupboard under the stairs. And they're like, oh, they know we have him in the cupboard. And it's like, oh, now yeah, that is the only knows. thing that makes Maybe don't change. keep him in the cupboard. Yeah, maybe don't keep a child in the cupboard and then we won't, you know, have to overreact to, oh my God, they know he's in the cupboard. <laughs> By the way, Tonks is Hufflepuff. Oh. There we go. In case you're wondering. Yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. All right. Well, I think that covers pretty much the basic um, topics I wanted to touch on with our Harry Potter houses discussion. Anything else you guys wanted to add? No, I can't think of anything else. Don't trust the quizzes. <laughs> no. Thank you, Ravenclaw. <laughs> Don't trust the quizzes. Definitely believe in what you uh, want to believe. Um, I would love to hear some feedback from our listeners and our viewers for this. I'd love to hear what houses uh, you sort yourself into. Um, I'd love you to check out the um, Sorting Hat chats. Um, Tumblr and see if 
what you think about this idea of uh, primary and secondary houses. Does this, does this ring true to you? Does this add a level of complexity to the sorting house um, structure that we don't really have um, based on the books? Uh, so uh, give us some feedback and let us know. Check us out at thegeekembassy.com. And until next time, get your geek on. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>